The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are for informational purposes only and solely those of the podcast participants, contributors, and guests, and do not constitute an endorsement by or necessarily represent the views of the Hartford or its affiliates. You're listening to the Small Biz Ahead podcast, brought to you by the Hartford. Good morning, and welcome back to the Small Biz Ahead podcast. This is John Adekonis, and I'm here with Gene Marks from the Marks Group. It's been a couple months since we last connected, so how are you doing, Gene? I am doing okay, John, just uh, sheltering in and getting ready to go back out into the world and enjoy. How about yourself? Doing well, thanks. Yeah, a new month. We're, we're getting close to summer. You know, for those of you listening, we're recording this in mid-June. You know, just had a birthday. You know, we're getting ready for a season where hopefully, you know, at least looking out the window, it's going to feel like a, a nice vacation. <laughs> I agree. And I don't know about you, but you can ask me anything you want about anything on Netflix, and I can probably answer that question. Yeah, I can probably balance you out on the Hulu side. I've, I've gotten very used to Hulu originals over the past couple months. <laughs> What's interesting is I think last time we talked was right before the world changed um, to what we're, we're going through right now. It was right before COVID. You know, we were prepping on a whole bunch of marketing advice for the year, some some fun planning tips and tricks, getting some testimonials and stories from some of our fellow small business owners and, and experts. And come um, release day, we interacted with something called a stay-at-home order, right? Where right. states across the country were like, hey, you know, there's this global pandemic thing happening um, it might be safe to shut your doors for a while. We knew that we were going to have to take a little pause from our everyday routines, and that's turned into a pretty significant burden on the backs of small business owners over the past couple months. So I know that in the interim, um, for our, our regular blog readers, you've seen a lot of content go out about resources that have popped up and, and really communities and companies rallying to, to support you in the, the way they best can with a lot of emphasis on programs that were launched on behalf of the federal government. And Gene, I know that you, as a business owner and also as just someone who's kind of a finance expert, um, has been a great support for us in trying to communicate what folks need to know on things like the payroll protection plan. And what I thought we could use today for was kind of talk through a little bit of where that stands now, because I think like everything else, it's been a really dynamic program. There's been a lot of information going out that's quickly changed. And I think we're probably at the point where some folks are trying to rationalize what what did I really borrow? Um, what do I have to pay back? And how do I figure that out? Because there were so many layers of, of things to consider there. It's hard to keep up on it all. But I know, you know, right before we started talking, you had mentioned there's even newer guidance um, from what was available a couple of days ago. And it just feels like a really good time to level set and, and kind of figure out where we stand, um, you know, maybe pleasantly surprise some people on what's covered and forgivable. Um, or let those who might have to bear the burden of some payback kind of start to plan on, on what that's going to look like for them and how they can kind of keep that covered. I actually have two big messages for anyone running a small business that's listening to us right now. First of all, if you haven't applied for a Paycheck Protection Program loan, it is the middle of June, and I strongly urge you to apply for one if you think that you are eligible um, because, you know, there's still $100 billion less left in the kitty. The program right now ends June 30th. Uh, it may be extended. It may not be. And it is absolutely a very, very beneficial program for those that have applied. People have really uh, been able to save their businesses because of the money that has been offered. So number one is if you haven't applied, uh, you know, apply. Number two is if you have applied and you've gotten your money, which has probably been somewhat recently in the past few weeks, my message to you is don't worry about forgiveness. And the reason why I say that, John, is because the new rules are such that we you now have – 
to get forgiveness, you now have six months of eligible expenses that you can put in for forgiveness. You have a lower ratio of pay, non-payroll and payroll, which means that you can now have 40% of your costs be non-payroll expenses that could be eligible for forgiveness. Those are rent and utilities and mortgage interest. In addition to that, John, some of the requirements to get full forgiveness is that you had to restore your headcount and your, your pay levels. You don't even have to do that until December 31st, the end of this year. And even if you don't restore it by then, you will still get some forgiveness. It's not like you lose it all. Finally, you don't have to apply for forgiveness until you have you have 10 months from the time that the forgiveness period ends. So if you just get your loan today, it's basically 16 months you have to apply for forgiveness. You've got your six months of you know, forgiveness period. It's 24 weeks. And then you've got, you know, your your you know, the, the, the period that you can apply. So I guess the reason why I say that, John, is is a lot of people are getting crazy about it right now. Now is the time you should be focused on running your business and and recovering and and growing and navigating and um, surviving. So as the economy grows, um, do what you've been doing and you can worry about forgiveness later. That was those are my two big pieces of advice right now, um, John. But at some point, you will have to worry about forgiveness. You know, a lot of us are going to have to do that, you know. No, for sure. And I, I mean, you know, it's an interesting program because so much of it, started at a federal level, but it's really issued at a local bank level for, right. for most folks, if not all, right? So when we think about things like that, if they went through an SBA lender, are there hard and fast terms that are pretty ubiquitous for all borrowers on when yeah. they can expect to have to pay back their first payment? Or is that something that a small business owner should reach out to their lender to confirm? Because well, to your but- point, like the forgiveness might change, but if, if that's something they need to credit versus kind of plan for so it's a great question because, first of all, yes, there are hard and fast terms, and and be aware that, um, you know, all of like you said, the loans themselves are given out through a, a network of lenders. So it can be a bank, uh, you know, a big bank, it can be a community bank, it can be uh, one of the, uh, you know, like online lending services, the Cabbage and On Deck Capital and you know QuickBooks Capital. There's a bunch of them that are out there. Square, PayPal, all those they offer. Uh, you know, these loans you can apply. The terms, though, are, are they are pretty much the same. Um, you know, it's if you don't get forgiveness on your loan, then you've got five years now to pay it off. And, John, the interest rate is one percent. So it's kind of like, like, you know, people sometimes panic saying, oh, my God, I get a twenty thousand dollar loan for paycheck protection and I only got five thousand in forgiveness. So now I'm stuck with fifteen thousand. OK, well, it's one percent interest. You don't have you, you pay it back over a five year period. Uh, and by the way, at the end of that five year period, you should hopefully be talking with your banker because most of the bankers I'm talking with are very happy to refinance those loans. It might not be at one percent, but it, I'm sure it would be something that you can maintain. So you don't have to freak out about it. It can be a very low interest loan that can go on well beyond five years. So like I said earlier, like relax, you're going to get forgiveness. It's, it seems you're going to have the expenses to get mostly forgiveness. And if you don't get all of it, Whatever's left outstanding, it's going to be pretty much free money for the next five years. Yeah, and that's exciting news because I think, you know, part of the conversation around this loan or a lot of the packages that have been put together across, you know, the U.S. has been, 
are we generating more debt that's really just delaying a collapse? But from what you're saying, it sounds like there's a lot of options where you can really manage that responsibly and, and not be overburdened. There are. And and because of that, you can, you know, you, you can focus more on managing your business than worrying about it. Now, you know, that doesn't mean there's stuff you can't be doing now to prepare for, for you know, for when you apply for forgiveness. Remember, when it comes time to apply for forgiveness, when your loan is over, you're not going to the government, you're not going to the SBA, the Small Business Administration, you're going back to your bank because you have a promissory note with your bank. And basically, the SBA has delegated the authority to the bank to to give the forgiveness because they're busy doing other stuff. So you're going to go back to your bank, and your bank is going to be asking you to do a few things. First of all, they're going to ask you to fill out a forgiveness application. The forgiveness application you can look at right now. There is a copy of it right on the Treasury Department's website at treasury.gov and also on the Small Business Administration website at sba.gov as well. And it is, there's two applications. There's a full application if you're an employer uh, that, you know, obviously with employees, but there is brand new, a new easy application, a short form application that you can fill out. It's only a page and a half long. And if you're like a self-employed person or you have no employees or if you didn't reduce the salaries of your employees by more than 25 percent or if you really got crushed by covid and your sales went down by more than 25 percent, um, you, know, you you may be eligible to just use the easy form. And that easy form just asks for a lot less information. So your bank is going to tell you, listen. Fill out the forgiveness application, the federal forgiveness application first. You got to do that, either the regular form or the easy form. And then the bank is going to ask you to supply some documentation. And the documentation is, it's not that tough. It's, you know, it's your payroll records. So if you're using an outside payroll service, then those services are, can generate a report for you telling you what your payroll was during the forgiveness period. And then you're going to have to make sure that you submit, you know, maybe invoices to justify the rent that you paid or the utilities that you're claiming or your internet service. These are all things you should be doing anyway and, and holding on to anyway. Um, so you want to make sure that you're, you're keeping up those good filing practices along the way and you're, you're keeping your records there. Talk to your payroll company or your bookkeeper, whoever does your payroll and make sure that when the time comes, we can generate those reports for the application. Look at the application now so you, you know what to expect. And like I said at the beginning of this conversation, you know, get back to doing business and marketing and selling and, you know, bringing back your employees because that's more important right now. For sure. And it sounds like a lot of the documentation that you're listing off is stuff that's pretty easily available. So you shouldn't necessarily need an accountant or a business manager to yeah. supply that for you. It's, it's really just it's, receipts. Yeah. I say, it's so funny. There was some survey that I read recently online where it was like 10% of small business owners um, weren't going to apply for these loans because they were concerned. They didn't have access to their payroll data or their or their you know accounting records or whatever. And I like shake my head when I hear that. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, man. And 2020, you know, I mean, to not have access, you know, they, you know, even, even I realize you can't be in business, but you, you know, if you, you're still doing everything manually and you've got paper records, then I don't know, late at night running into your business and, and get the records. 
Um, where number two is, I mean, if, if that's still your situation, you really have to take a look at your accounting system and consider moving to, you know, an accounting system in the cloud, uh, for example, where you can get access to that stuff anywhere you want, anytime you want. So if you do have a service provider like an electric company or a payroll company or, you know, a, an Internet service provider, if you're not enrolled in, in self-service options, that might be something to consider. So you can quickly and easily print out invoices and past statements. So as you're looking to kind of aggregate this information, you can kind of do it on your own time. So you're not adding another burden to your day. But what I, I think is also interesting, Gene, to your point about kind of like thinking about planning for the future and kind of taking that moment to pause and, and take the breath because there are some options and some time here. This podcast is brought to you by The Hartford. When the unexpected strikes, The Hartford strikes back for over 1 million small business customers with property, liability, and workers' compensation insurance. Check out The Hartford Small Business Insurance at thehartford.com. It might be a really good moment, too, to start thinking about what have you changed operationally from COVID and what might kind of be a longer tail solution? So I think about things like curbside pickup or um, contactless payment or other expenses that might be covered in some part by funds you might have gotten. This could be a really good time to kind of spark and, and push some of that innovation forward. So, you know, knock on wood, if if we have to see a second wave or, you know, another kind of round of of pausing or, or any kind of restrictions, you might be able to kind of be ahead of the game with the learnings that you had this first time. So you bring up such a great point because, and you, you mentioned a second wave. And again, we're here in the middle of June talking. We, I don't know, maybe there's, there will be a second wave. I mean, nobody knows, but I do know that every competent business owner I speak to, they, no one, none of us like surprises and they are making plans, you know, just in case there is a second wave. I don't think that you can rely on the government writing us a check again if that happens or having a program like the Paycheck Protection Program. So, you know, we got to be prepared. And John, to your point of the curbside pickup or maybe selling more stuff online or or opening up new channels or or reevaluating your customers and saying, which which ones should I be focusing more on or looking at your product lines and saying, which ones are really making me money and which ones are just not worth the time. This is the opportunity to do that because we've now learned that the businesses that have cash in the bank, they're the ones that survive these things. And if a, a dreaded second wave does come and the, you know, there, there's another hit to the economy, what are we going to do? You know, like where are we going to get our sales from and how are we going to be generating cash? We've got a bit of a, you know, we've got some time to think about that right now. And I think every business owner should be thinking about it. I know I am in my business. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And I think, you know, what's interesting is I do think that there's now a sense of community among general consumers where um, where small businesses are kind of back in the forefront of their minds because I think they, you know, they just witnessed what kind of all of you went through um, and are really looking for ways to kind of make a more conscious effort to support and help in the future. And I think that's really exciting. So I think, you know, kind of getting over or under uh, rather some of those trends and kind of opportunities to diversify how and, and where you're accessing a customer base could actually be a really good thing to start thinking about um, while you might have the means to do so as or, or as you're thinking about what a 2.0 business model might look like for you. Correct. Correct. You know, we just I spoke just before 
you and I had this conversation um, with a woman who runs, uh, you know, a toffee company, um, you know, Anita Kamiski, and her, you know, she sells to like hundreds and hundreds of specialty stores around the country, toffee, and you would think she'd be really diversified, but all of those specialty stores, John, got shut down because of the, co- you know, because of COVID, and that whole channel just dried up for her. So she had to rethink and saying, you know, geez, I'm really exposed here. You know, if this happens again, I need to make sure I'm generating sales from other sources. And that's just one example of how you need to be, you know, you know, uh, expanding your different channels and where you could be selling to. You know, I sell CRM applications and um, I think there are a lot of other add-on products I could be selling that would be really helpful in an economic downturn. I've been thinking seriously about doing that. Because I want to be able to offer those if there is a second wave. Gene, I think you know you brought up some really good points, especially when it comes to the PPP program, and and it seems like a bright spot, you know, that folks have some time to really kind of think about it. There's some more flexibility, and um, and you know, I think some good resources available on where they can get more clarity on what might be covered based on the terms of the agreements they they opted into. Agree. I think that's that's it for today. But, you know, thank you as always for your expertise and guidance. And, you know, hopefully everyone out there is holding up to the best that they can. Looking forward to kind of this pivot to getting back to work. And, you know, we're we're here to help where we can. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Visit sba.thehartford.com. Lots of content coming up uh, soon on on tips, tricks, resources as you reopen. And we're, we're really excited to kind of, you know, stand behind you as you're, you're navigating this. And, and feel free to reach out, send an email, leave a comment with some questions. We'll be monitoring those. And if there's things that we can kind of help answer or, or um, give clarity on in the future, you know, give us a shout. We're, we're here to kind of get you what you need. Let's get back to recovery. All right, everybody. Have a great afternoon. And uh, thanks for listening. <laughs>